Hello everyone, I'm Sheila McKenna, founder of Push Factor, and today I want to talk about self-doubt. I know that this is something that so many of us are, are, are dealing with and are grappling with, and I know I'm definitely one of those people. Do you have a, an issue in your life, a particular problem that you have that you've decided that you are going to do something about. This is the year that you're going to do something about it. For me, it is self-doubt. It's something that I have been struggling with for the better part of my adult life. And there isn't a better time for me to do something about it than now. Because now I feel like I'm at my prime. I'm more self-aware. My ego is not as insane as it used to be. I'm more accepting of my struggles and the issues that I'm dealing with. So I feel like this year is the perfect time, especially with a lot of decisions that I'm making, a lot of, a lot of things that I'm changing in my life. It's important to deal with self-doubt. And if you have that same problem that I have, then you're in luck because I'm definitely going to get into it. I read a really, really... Um, poignant quote when I was putting together this article about self-doubt and it says I seek strength not to be greater than other but to fight my greatest enemy the doubts within myself a lot of us are aware of how much self-doubt has wreaked havoc in our life the number of times it stopped us from going for certain goals or achieving certain things or or believing that we are worthy and capable of something the number of times it has stopped us from trusting ourselves from trusting our inner guidance system the number of times that it has swayed us from projects that we've said that we are going to do or activities we're going to say that we are going to undertake and we end up not doing them because we are constantly second-guessing ourselves and we are talking ourselves out of it. I know that this is an issue I have. Not only because I'm aware of it myself, but because of the number of times other people in my life have told me that, McKenna, you're a brilliant person, but you doubt yourself a lot. And when you hear something more than 300,000 times, then it kind of means that you have to do something about it, right? Now, I'm not here to talk about the issues of self-doubt and how debilitating it can be because if you suffer from this issue, then you already know what it has done in your life. You're probably looking for solutions at this point. You, you're not, you're not, you're not interested in being told about symptoms. You're not interested in being told about, you know, how much trouble it's caused. You already know these things. So in this video, I want to talk about four reasons why you must stop beating yourself about self-doubt. And you're going to find all kinds of videos and articles that talk about how destructive self-doubt is. And it is. However, Constantly dwelling on the fact that self-doubt is a problem 
is not going to solve the issue. Finding solutions on what you can do with your self-doubt because this is an emotion that lies inside of you. It is an emotion that lies inside of me and it didn't come from nowhere. I always, I have always believed that negative experiences and negative emotions that keep recurring are an indicator of something that lies beneath, something that is deeper that has to be dealt with, that we have to face, that we have to work with, that we have to heal from. Let's get into these four reasons, right? The first one is that self-doubt's healthiest breeding ground lies in shame and guilt. Now, this sounds very Brene uh, Brown-ish. I am a big fan of Brene Brown's because she talks about vulnerability and she talks about how important it is at a certain point in our lives to be vulnerable with ourselves and, and, and others about um, issues that we're going through. And I know that self-doubt is a big problem that so many of us go through. So I, I had written some of the things that we may be indulging in on, on a daily basis that are fanning the flames of our self-distrust. And I'm just going to name some of them. Staying in your head for too long. There are so many of us who do not have healthy outlets. And I can be one of those people because I see myself as a loner. I don't need uh, people's company that much. And I can stay in my place for a week. And for as long as I have food, not even a week, a month, two months, three months. And for as long as I have food and for as long as, you know, um, I have everything I need, I don't need to talk to anybody. And that sometimes can be very, very unhealthy because you can find yourself becoming very irrational about certain thoughts that, that, that come and control you and stay with you. And if you don't have someone to play off these thoughts with, or to bounce off these ideas or these conflicts that you're going through, it can lead you down into a very dark path. The second one is not following through on things you say you're going to do, you know, starting and stopping. And I know I have that issue. I have big starts and big stops. I can start a very, very big project. And the minute it starts becoming challenging, and I start second guessing myself, it's over, right? Another one is not honoring commitments, not honoring commitments to yourself and to others. When you're constantly breaking uh, promises and saying that you'll do something tomorrow or just blatantly not doing it at all. And I know you may think that when, when you say you're going to do something, like if you say that for the next week, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., but you still wake up at 10, 10 a.m. And you wonder why you are constantly second guessing yourself or you don't trust yourself. I, 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 I hope that you understand how important it is to keep promises even to yourself being committed anyway 
your paralyzing inability to make decisions. I know many people who can't make a decision without asking somebody about it. It's like you're in constant need of somebody else's permission to make a decision, to do something that you feel uh, is beyond you, quote unquote, right? Uh, Staying in your head for too long coincides with the refusal to ask for help. How many of you have a real issue with asking somebody to assist you, right? Indulging too much in other people's problems or other people's misfortunes or uh, gossiping too much. Just making sure that you are so numb in your own life and that you're focused so much on other people's lives that you're running away from the reality of who you are and where you are. That can is, is a beautiful breeding ground for a self-doubt, right? Um, now, the thing about everything that I've talked about here is that it has everything to do with your behaviors and habits, your daily behaviors and your daily habits. Now, here's the thing about behavior and habit. It's not etched in stone. It's not cast in stone. You can change your behavior. If you really want to do something about your self-doubt, about the issues that you face with, whether it's debilitating, it's paralyzing, you, you cannot seem to follow through on something. I think when you make the commitment to do something, if you say you're going to wake up tomorrow at 6 a.m., Wake up at 6 a.m. and stay up, right? No matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how bad you feel, wake up and stay up, right? And then do it the next day and the next day. There's something very fulfilling about making sure that you do something, right? Maybe I'm not saying wake up at 6 a.m. for the sake of waking up at 6 a.m. What I'm saying is, If you have a reason to do it, if you have said that I'm going to be waking up at 6 a.m. because I want to meditate, because I've been having a, uh, uh, I I want to commit myself to, uh, being calmer. And you know that the only time you have is during that time and you've dedicated 15 minutes to it, then you will be surprised how differently you will feel about yourself when you make the commitment to wake up in the morning and actually do what you said you're going to do. And when you do it for a week, the pride you will have. And that's how you're going to be able to restore the um, the issue, the self-distrust that you had, right? So, that is number one, understanding that self-doubt, uh, it's, it's, it's best breeding ground is around shame and guilt and that these behaviors can be changed. The second one is noticing that your self-doubt is not a negative experience. It is a positive one. Being aware of the fact that you want to do something right? And you're in the process of doing it. Maybe you've decided to take something up, something that you said you were going to do. Like, uh, you want to take up, I don't know, a certain hobby, right? 
or let's take it uh, seriously. Maybe you said that you want to start a, a particular business, right? And yes, you started it or even a blog. Let's talk about that. Maybe you've decided you wanted to start a blog for one thing or another. And you want to have this committed experience to keep working on this blog. But the negativity starts to settle in. We have a thing called negative self-talk. And it convinces us that the thing that we want to do isn't worth doing, right? So when you start becoming aware of the fact that this self-doubt exists, you will start to respond to it differently. You won't just react to it because what happens when we uh, start dealing with issues with self-doubt? What happens when it creeps up in our minds? We allow it to convince us that something isn't worth doing. And we just like, you know what? Okay, well, all right, I guess I'm not going to do it. No. You can make the decision that, wait a minute, how long have I been allowing my, my distrust in myself to control me? I'm tired. I'm tired of living like this. I need to do something about it. So if I'm going to start something, I'm going to follow through on it. And even on those days when I'm not feeling good, I'm still going to do something about it. I may slow down. I may have those days when I don't do as much as I said as I'm that I'm going to do, but I am not going to stop, right? So the experience of being aware of a, a, of a negative emotional state is actually a positive experience. It is not a negative experience, right? Uh, the third reason why you shouldn't uh, why you shouldn't beat yourself up about your self-doubt is that you can use it to outline the real worries and anxieties that you're going through. You can use self-doubt wisely to figure out what's really lying underneath, like what's really going on. Yes, there are certain things um, in this, on, on, on the surface, right? You have gone for three months without doing something. You said in January you're going to do it and uh, March is here and you still haven't done it. You've procrastinated, you've self-sabotaged because of self-doubt. But what's the real issue? It could be a fear. What are you afraid of? Maybe I'm afraid of what happens if it doesn't work out. Maybe I'm afraid of what happens if it does work out. You see, so... When you start to dissect what's really going on, what's happening underneath this constant issue that I have of constantly second-guessing myself, what is really going on? Getting to the root of it, being honest with ourselves, being real with ourselves. That's what matters here, right? Self-doubt is a symptom of something that's, you know, of, of a, of a deep-seated problem. So that's a healthier way of looking at self-doubt than just beating yourself up about it. The fourth and final reason why we shouldn't beat ourselves up about self-doubt is that it can also be used as an opportunity to confide in people that we trust, right? 
I'm one of those people who grew up believing that I shouldn't burden others. You know, that there, you know, people have got their issues and the last thing they, that I should be doing is burdening them with my problems. But when I think about it, when I have close friends, close family members, I want to know what's going on in their lives. I want to be there for them. I would be offended. I would be angry if my, my, my closest friend couldn't confide in me about something. I would actually wonder why. What is it about me that you didn't come to me? So if you can accord someone that level of respect, that level of compassion and, 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 and love, what makes you think that you are not um, worthy of somebody listening to you and this issue that you're having? You can, I'm pretty sure that there is someone in your life that you can talk to about the fact that, listen, I have, I have this problem where I'm constantly second guessing myself. And you know what? You probably know about it because you've known me for a really long time. What, what, what do you think? What is your opinion of what I think I should go about this particular issue that I'm having? Right. And when you hear new ideas, when you, when you talk to somebody who you trust and who you respect and who you love, or even someone from a professional perspective, right? Seeking therapy. Maybe this issue is paralyzing. It keeps you from functioning. It keeps you from making decisions and talking about it, letting it out, not carrying this burden and having it heaped on your shoulders and feeling like, you, you're, you're, you're burdened by this, this huge issue and just telling someone, this is, this is the problem that I'm having right now. What do you think? Can you help me? I think that that is a monumental thing to do, especially when you're dealing with this issue. Because self-doubt, like I said, its breeding ground is guilt. Its breeding ground is shame. Its breeding ground is being shrouded in darkness, staying by yourself, thinking about something, overanalyzing, becoming irrational about it, and then drawing conclusions and making decisions based on your self-doubt that you're probably going to end up regretting. So I, I really, really, really think that best thing, the healthiest way to deal with self-doubt is to first of all have, we, we, those of us who deal with this issue, it is important for us to start having more self-compassion, self-love, kindness towards ourselves and understand that it's not going to just go away. It's something that we can manage. The truth is that self-doubt and, and, and these issues where we're always second-guessing ourselves and we can't trust ourselves, the truth is that even the most successful people in the world, 
deal with self-doubt. The question is, how much are you going to let it control you? What can you do about it? Because it's not, it should never be looked as something that you cannot control. It should never be seen as something that is bigger than you. Nothing is bigger than you. Self-doubt, it may look like it has something, it has one up on you, like it knows you and you want to do something or you or, or you want to become someone new or you want to focus on something new in your life and it's constantly mocking you and reminding you of what you're not capable of doing or who you're not capable of becoming. You know what? Those are just thoughts. That's all self-doubt is at the end of the day. It is just a thought. You can choose to manage it. You can choose to think a better thought. You can choose to look at things from a new perspective with the help of other people instead of just letting it stay in your head, right? So I hope you enjoyed this video. If you liked it, go ahead and like it, subscribe to my channel. And if you found this information to be valuable, go ahead and share it. And this is the end of today's video on self-doubt. Guys, take care, be good, and I'll see you in the next video.